Good evening from Los Angeles. I am Holiday Kirk. You're listening to the New Metal Agenda. With me today is my favorite co-host on the planet, Wolf. Hello. It's your least favorite Lupine Wolf Rambats. Woo, am I excited about this one. This has been a long time coming. Joining me today are the creators of one of my absolute all-time favorite new metal albums of all time. I would put this in my personal top five. Spike 1000, everybody. Holy shit. Spike 1000 in the building. Oh, my God. Would you guys like to just introduce yourselves real quick? Me? Um, I'm Shannon. Hi. I might play bass. Bill, guitar. And I was reminiscing, because I only do these interviews as an excuse to talk about myself. I was reminiscing today. I was like, I was like, I think that this Waste of Skin, uh, which is Spike 1000's major label debut, is the first new metal album I discovered that made me feel like, oh, I got to tell everybody about this. Because someone had posted on Reddit a picture of their CD collection. And I asked them, I'm like, which of these is your favorite? And they said, oh, Waste of Skin. And I was like, I've never heard that before. So I put that on and was just, I mean, it, you know, I've said what I've said. I think I've been rambling about that album for two years. Filler-free, flawless, fucking amazing, incredible bass tone. Literally just today, I have these cheapy in-ear headphones I bought recently that convert every single tone that go through them into treble. And it's like shoving paper clips in your ears and scrubbing them around. Not waste of skin. Not waste of skin. Waste of skin had its low end. It sounded fantastic. And uh, yeah, I love it. I think it's my pick for the 14th greatest new metal album of all time. And uh, yeah, I think it's a total classic. And great to have you guys here and thanks for having me that's that's a wrap you know all right (laughs) so i'm just really interested to get your story down on wax because i think it's high time respect is due yeah respect is fucking due and especially the story the spike 1k story you guys formed in 1990 yes uh summer of 1990 summer of 1990 10 years, sign with Columbia, get the album out, the end. That's a, <laughs> I mean, that's, a that's, that's, that's a lot of sweat between there. Yeah. yeah, a lot of sweat between there, yeah. That's really, that's really interesting as to how that came about. I don't know if I want to jump all the way to Columbia. If you guys could just tell me, though, if I remember, like, the music you guys started out with was sort of a more of the moment, a bit of a folk rock? Yeah, yeah you, you could yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah there, be- there was a lot of different influences there, a lot of different people participating. And it was uh, kind of a product of the time, for sure. And, uh, you know, we always wanted to do and liked harder stuff. And that was always uh, a thing we were doing. But that's kind of the first bunch of stuff we wrote. So, And plus, we had another member in the band, another vocalist as well. And you're all from Bakersfield? Yes. Yes. What was the Bakersfield sort of scene like at that time? Was it? It's just like a local. It wasn't that old. I mean, corn came from there. Yeah, but it wasn't until them. It wasn't there wasn't much, um, but there was a there. It's underground scene. Definitely underground scene. Yeah. A lot of punk bands. Yep. Um, and there was like, um, what was it? Big Jed and the Flatbeds. Flatbeds. And uh, there were a lot of punk bands that came out of uh, Baco. And there was an, a good scene, I think. There yeah, were places to play. Right. Yeah, and there, there was, of course, you know, Cradle of Thorns, yeah, um, the, the Lonely. lonely. Yep. Um, there was a whole bunch of different yeah, bands yeah. that we used to play. The ones with. that were there were always kind of themselves and unique. It was, uh, you know, not like an L.A. scene. Uh, everybody kind of knew each other in some way. But it was always something that was different or a twist on something and and themselves. Uh, and uh, there was a particular strip of downtown that was kind of 
devoted to this sort of thing and, and the clubs that we would all come up through that kind of uh, catered to its coffee houses and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was uh, good for... It wasn't a scene, actually. It was. It was, it was, it was there wasn't a scene. There was, we were into our stuff and and there was punk rock and there was like little, little dirty clubs to play in and stuff. This is the nicest description of Bakersfield I've ever heard. <laughs> typically, people are like, typically, people are like, Bakersfield is the road out of Bakersfield and meth. That's it. So, I mean, it has like what? I think 14 high schools. Oh my God. It's a big ass Bakersfield. I mean, it's widespread, but it's big. Yeah. Everybody that knows the town has either drove through it, got a ticket there, went to a kid's soccer game. <laughs> There or uh, <laughs> something of the sort. It's really once you're in there, it's a big mouth. Or on meth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> can you give me a can you tell me what were the releases between forming and prime? Oh goodness. Um the first one was a cassette uh-huh. release only. I think it's called My Face Red. My face red. The only reason I remember this is because I went down a, a YouTube wormhole the other night about it, <laughs> where it had a five or six songs, a couple different members and such. And uh, that was kind of our our, our first crack at this we did it with a gentleman producing it from big gen the flatbeds uh tom thompson, mm-hmm. Rory. Rory um, thompson. and it was done in the old Mosrite factory in the basement he'd set up a, a studio in there and it actually you look back and it, it isn't that bad but that's the first one that i was actually part of recording anything yep mm-hmm. and how did you end up taking the heavier direction oh um well <laughs> we like i said we had another singer in the band and um when we decided that it wasn't working out with him anymore and we kind of parted ways, um, it's just, it was always part of who we were as people growing up. I listened to a lot of old classic rock and I always love really hard guitars and Bill had always loved different types of old rock music. Mike, I don't know about you. How come? Bill likes everything. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> but yeah, that's it was um, definitely when we uh, we we let the other the other guy, the other person go in the band is when the, the sound of a spike got harder. Yeah, I, yeah. Sure. I think that was part of the equation there that uh you know you can't necessarily well you, I mean you can, but you can't uh be as hard as you want if you're uh, approaching things with an acoustic guitar all the time or that from that. Uh, path into the songwriting yeah, and, and that's what we're listening to a lot uh, individual is is is, uh, is heavy hard music too so that just it bled into the what we had the spike sound yeah we, we you guys were, were you guys moving in the heavier direction before corn arrived before corn um wait well what, when what did you, okay so we, we moved to san francisco what 93 yeah so just out of high school well, i did almost whatever and then we moved to san francisco and then that's when about what, a year later and when, once we're in this, it wasn't even a year later, but by the time we decided to part ways with the, that particular yeah. member, yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure when Corn like blew up, but I mean, they're on their own. They're they're definitely they wrote the book on the on the heavy, yeah, you know, on stuff. But it, yeah, it, it was we we were definitely aware of what they were doing. I mean, um, we we'd cross paths occasionally and we respected them. We we all know them, uh, but it was a separate path to being yeah. heavy. I, I think in some respect, where we were. Well, once we got out of Bakersfield, because you, you can't really gig a, 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 shit, a shit ton, forget my language, but once you start getting out of town and touring around, you start running into bands that are harder than you've ever seen before. Yeah. So once yeah. you hit a stage with these folks, you start going, I want to do more of that. Yep. And like a band called Stompbox. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Check them out. Oh, that, that's, that's <laughs> Wolf, no, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's what You've fight. heard of them? Have we? Well, no, I'm asking my co-host over here, Wolf. Yeah, I remember Stompbox. Back yes. in the day, like nine, that was like 94, 94, something of the sort. Yeah, they were signed to Sony as well. 
kind of same similar gigs. So I, I don't think they, yeah, because we're two, we're two, and they're right, right in front of us, playing the same kind of or the different club right down the street that that night. Or but we never toured together. Uh, so no, we, we played the show together. We played yeah. one show together. Yes, yes, yes. we did. That's how yeah. we met them, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. It's just okay, so everyone loves this part. I don't think we talked to it. We have not talked to a band of this subgenre yet that's been like, yeah. But do you guys remember like the first time you either had to say like, hey, we're not new metal. <laughs> I don't. Um, I never. I never. I never put metal into our. Um, yeah, we've never. Oh, we're, so we're still doing it. I know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the second does. hair out and teasing it up. You know, like heavy rock and glam hair. But yeah, I, I, I think I heard our. I, I guess I've heard that before. They didn't cross my mind, but that recently, as I got older, I heard our name in the same sentence with new metal, and it was kind of reflective. You can't right. have that bass tone and not. I, I'm sorry. It's like that's all she wrote. <laughs> sorry, that's okay. That's the way it goes. It's a great tone. It's a great tone. I love it. But I don't. I can't think of any other. I can't think of any other music that has a, t- a bass tone with that much high end. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I just drop all the middle out of it. That's exactly. Exactly. No mid range at all. Highs. Lows. No. I was very meticulous about the tone. Um, now I know you're not telling me that the new metal allegations didn't surface until I started making them. Right. No, I've heard it. We've heard it. Yeah, we've heard this all the you know all the way through with a new metal, new metal. What do you call it? New modern, modern rock. You know, new wave of American heavy metals. The other thing they call it. Whatever you do, do not call us menstrual rock, or I will punch you. <laughs> okay. Who the hell? Someone said that. Someone told me they. Yeah, they call this menstrual rock, and I'm like, what the? Fuck? Like in the like in, like contemporarily, like at at the time. Yeah. No, 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 no. Recently. Someone said, "Oh, you guys kind of sound like the old minstrel rock," and I go, "What the hell was that?" We're uh, not a. That's not a thing. Yeah, yeah. minstrel. Minstrel. Mm-hmm. Is it because you're a girl? They said to you. Or I think so. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Mike. I'm a girl. I can't think of many like male bands that get minstrel rock. No. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to give that a shot next time we're interviewing an all male group. I'll be like, "Yeah, you have a real minstrel rock sound." Yeah, I'm sure just... if we're doing an interview at all, and, and that that came up, I'm sure Shannon would say something about that. Um, about the whole menstrual rock, like not well, like well, in, now, now to, to self-fulfilling prophecy, right? She yeah. mentioned it. Now we're going to be dead. No, 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 no. This, uh, that's, no, this no, is no, dead. The dead. This is a dead. Subject. That's not happening. I can't. I can't make that happen. But I, I guess the interesting part then is like, okay, so the sound changed, and then you keys. You guys kept gigging, kept touring, kept recording. And I need to ask this now because it's like killing me. I very recently listened to all of Prime on. YouTube and I didn't realize how much different and how much unique stuff there was on there from Waste of Skin. Do you guys have can I put that out? Do you have decent quality versions of it lying around? Here, hold on. Oh Where, no. What, the whole record of Prime? Wait, this one? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. of course. You can't get it anywhere else. Like you can, can right? I mean, oh, you can find it on like eBay and stuff I think. This this one we own the masters. You can do whatever you want. Oh sweet! We could get that. We could get that on streaming. Yeah, we could put we that on it. streaming, dude. And, okay, you know, all the songs, oh all almost all the songs are on the waste of skin, except for you know, uh, a little different. Tore up. It's just you know, oh, yeah. it's it's totally different. It's a different version of waste of skin, and I really like Prime a lot. I think no, I liked it too. I wanted to reach out right then. Like, I need these files. If you have decent quality MP3s, waves, FLACs, whatever, send them my way. Otherwise, I'll get the I'll get it somehow. But if you own the masters, like let's get that up because yeah, he uh, Bill will send it to me and I'll get it to you, or we'll, one of us will get it to you. Awesome. Anyway, when did how many did you guys have multiple brushes with 
record labels or was that was columbia the first one to come calling we, we're in the middle of, we're doing the blue war against those two labels right uh oh, gosh. There, there was that's great for what, me what, i don't remember yeah, the, the, i know that we had the two were bouncing back and forth between the labels right because we wanted one thing and then they came back they would we just use one label against each other and they wouldn't give us what we wanted or the contract anyways and then go back to the other label and they would change it and yeah, with, That's what I remember a little bit. The, the history of that with, with Spike was, was always really complicated where we would get a little bit of money for a development deal and write a song or two for one set of folks and then another set of folks would come and then all of a sudden someone would lose interest and then one person would then lose interest because they had lost interest. And it was, you know, this bidding war thing that kind of would happen, but it never really materialized until Columbia came. Uh, or Portrait Columbia, whatnot. What uh, was it a challenge to keep it going from 90? Did you like the lineup other than Fire and the Mysterious One Guy? The lineup didn't change from 1990 to 2001, did it? No, it's the same, but we just, we, um, from well, with Jeff um, and the bass, the bass was different, but only for oh, that first year. And we have a second electric guitar player. Yeah, in the very beginning, the very beginning like we had two guitar players. 89. Mike wasn't in the band, and we had another singer. And then second guitar player exited. And then we got rid of the other bass player. Yeah, this is all in 1990, 87. This story, though. Tell the story of how (laughs) when we were were talking to Frank Camino. And Ah, tell, tell, tell. tell. You've got to do it. Okay. uh, We're in the process. And this is uh, off topic. We were in the process of letting this uh, gentleman go. And uh, we we were all pretty... Close, so some of us were emotional about yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, we had already went and talked to Mike. Maybe that wasn't the right thing to do. It's kind of like cheating on your wife. But we talked to Mike, oh, and he had this old Datsun. That he's was, not coming back to me now. Uh, all primered with spray paint, and uh, we ne- none of us had any real gear, right? But he had, he's the only one that had like some real amps and stuff. And so we told him to show up at our studio at a certain time, and we were going to plan to let this guy go just before it. And as we we're all see you, buddy, you know, outside, up, you yeah. hear Mike. You hear boom, boom, boom from a car stereo and his little Datsun pulls up right in front of our studio <laughs> with, with his amplifiers hanging out of the window, essentially. Yeah, he's such a beater. And then he stops. Oh, looks in high school, you know, what do you expect? Realizes what's going on and that he's early and just guns it and takes <laughs> off. <laughs> and the, the, that was That's a cue geez. for our old oh, bass player. And God bless him. Yeah. He said, well, I guess it's time for me to leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good story. I, that was a long time. I ago. wish I had a video camera yeah. or a phone that I could have captured that one. Was, oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun way to enter the band, though. Yo! Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh! Yeah, I, I feel bad. That's why I took off. <laughs> yeah, so that was totally off topic. And then once we got Mike in, and it was that until we let yeah. the singer go. And then that was that until we let the singer go. And then nothing changed until. Our drummer quit after everything fell apart. He quit. And then we got together with one of our really good friends who played drums for us and with us. And then we wrote three songs together. Have you sent that to them? I don't have I sent you the three song demo? No, <laughs> I didn't even know this existed. Oh, no. no. New new stuff that you could kind of extrapolate what anything past waste of skin would sound like. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> made it on the record. oh my god. Yeah. Please, I will be bugging you for this. Those okay. are great. Too. They're either it's sense or I will be like, hey. No, they're good songs. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll that's super. That's super exciting. Okay. So, was it a challenge to keep the lineup together though? Like, did you guys have day jobs and? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had day jobs, you know, in the beginning until yeah, we got the record deal, and then I remember we sit around before we even had the record deal going. Man, I can't wait to sit around and just 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 make music all day. And once we got the the deal, 
we could, we didn't even fucking get together. We just like we were slacking doing other things. Like we practice on the, at the night, but yeah, we our time would just, it just went. Like we didn't sit around and practice. I mean, until we did at, at night, but in the day we were fucking around doing other things. Yeah, yeah. Every, everybody had you know just whatever job uh, detailing cars to. I mean, we worked at a mail order porn uh, company, adult yeah. materials company, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, uh, and it, it was wide ranging and there were so many different jobs, but we would always have a consistent uh, schedule and gig and we would be almost every week we'd be playing yeah. uh, somewhere in, in or town. Or putting out. flyers up around yeah. town, making yep. flyers, putting them up. But I, at that point where everybody was, you know, getting along very good, you know, we'd have we a had, we had a purpose. You know, we, had, yeah. we just had a purpose. This yeah. is what we're going to do. It's a good really good deal. Play. We're going we're to play shows here in San Francisco and see what comes up. And that's what we did. It was, we had a nice crowd in San Francisco selling our stuff all the time. And then the record deal came. So wh- how did that come? Uh, I don't know how it came, but <laughs> good it, question. Yeah. Somewhat, yeah. I mean, well, when, you, when you're selling out shows in San Francisco and, and you're packing the house there, that's a big deal to anybody. So when people get wind of that, they'd come see the show. And then that's what basically sold them. Uh, I would say our show, our live show was pretty good. It was upbeat. Yeah. I mean, have you watched the, um, the transmission theater show on YouTube? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, so that was around the time where we were, I guess, being courted by just before, yeah, just before that by John Weekland yep. of Columbia, and um, it was just such a strange thing to have happen when someone says, "Okay, yeah, we want to sign you, and here's here's what we want to do for you, and here's all this crap." Then you have to hire a lawyer, you have to hire a manager, mm-hmm. you have to hire a financial plan. Uh, what was that? Uh, yeah, it's a provident. Provident, yeah, a financial management management company, and so it was. It was a lot to take in at that point. Um, when you know what we really wanted to do was get on the road and get in front of a bunch of people and record an album. None of us knew anything about the real business portion. Of yeah. It. Oh fuck no. Uh-uh. That's it, yeah. it. Is it is remarkable how that's changed now? I think today's musicians go into it like already having a grips on the on the business side of it, where at the time it was more like sign, let's go. Yeah. Well, and plus you have, it, it's a totally different game. It's all the internet's all in there. Well, internet, yeah, yeah, the can... fl- flip side is that is there no one gigs anymore. You know, they just put out a, a song or two out. Well, not, and not no one, that's a big term, but they, instead of building years on the road, yeah. uh, they put one song out. Or make a demo tape. They, they, yeah. they put stuff on, on the internet just like that. And it's, it's listenable. And that's how they would promote their music. We would have to get, make, you know, no. little CDs and get them out to, just to get the labels, you know, interested and let them hear it now or, or send them the music. Nowadays, it's just like instant. It's so. Now let's, well, let's talk. Okay. Let's talk brass tax. What was that record advance? What was it? Yeah. How much? Waste of skin? Oh, fuck. I don't even know. You I mean? know we spent, <laughs> I spent all of it on gear. I know that I had all my gear already. <laughs> I think, was it like 10,000 per person? I don't, I can't remember. Uh, but I think that the deal itself was two fifty. Yeah, yeah, around the two hundred thousand dollar range. Yeah, but with like certain provisions. Yeah, I, you ask me now. I can't remember what they are. I, I, I have an old contract. I'm like, do you yeah. really? <laughs> oh, I know that that whoever didn't have the gear or did, they needed whatever they needed, we went and bought it at the time. But we mostly had. I had all my gear ready and my endorsements before we even got the uh, the records uh, deal. So oh, that right. was huge. You yeah. know, I didn't have to spend any of that money to buy gear. But I don't think you bought that much stuff. Did you? I mean, you bought. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I bought, I bought maybe, maybe it all went to him. I don't know. Maybe he got it all. <laughs> or just drum cases or, or his drum. He has drums, but his case. I don't know what. I don't know where it went. Wait, wait, at that point, we all had decent gear and all that. And we got some advances, but it didn't make us through 
wasn't big enough to make us through the touring. No. Um, um, on top of that, we were starving for uh, right. you know to a Union Underground. Yeah. I was starving. We're in Panama City Beach, and I was like so hungry. I went back to this backstage and took their food. <laughs> like I was fucking starving. We're on the same tour, same label, and they got all this food, and we didn't have any food. We our our oh, per diem on tour at one point was five dollars a day. Yeah, was it really? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I feel like even. Even in those prices, even for those prices, that's like I think we got like coupons that I mean do the the whole buyouts to the, at the club. We get food, we get fed there. But I think yeah, five bucks. Yeah, all the stuff the, the real bands don't want to eat. We were eating. Yeah, they, they were okay. Well, so what was the deal then? Because it's like typically when I talk when we've talked to bands or I've done my own research, bands that got signed to major label deals in that era more often than not, I think got kind of hit with the money cannon. And then, like, they're, you know, we'll put you up at NRG. Here's your bus. Right. Well, we, we, no yeah, we, 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 were, we had a, a couple, a couple techs, one tech, two techs at the beginning. Yes. And, and we had and, to pay them. Yeah. It was, yeah. And we were in, we were in a van. And, we were in a van uh, with the U Haul. Yeah. Doing the, doing the, uh, the first tour. I mean, they, the, the bus was mentioned at <clears> one point. <throat> we couldn't afford it. But right around the time we were rolling into, towns hearing the bands we were touring with on the radio as we would roll in we were supposed to be getting some airplay there and then the september 11th whole thing happened i think you touched on that a bit where you know all kinds of clear channel lists came out and um it really buried that whole thing so it, if we were gonna get airplay we didn't because of that it took our song off because it was called what make me suffer because of the whole 9 11 they're like they're like we can't have suffering they, they took it right off suffering the yeah People can't suffer right now. They right. can't oh, suffer right now. Yeah. Can't suffer anymore. People are suffering. <laughs> so we take a song off the radio that means it talks about people suffering. Where was the album recorded? What studio? Uh, Nashville at uh, Ocean Way for uh, drum tracks and, and basic scratches. That's good. You remember that? And um, goodness, uh, I'll think about it. Um, Rat Studio. Yeah, that was a pre-production. Pre-production, yeah. Um, outside uh, to, in Nashville. I can't remember the other studio. I have to look it up. But we did all the uh, follow-up bass tracks and the guitar tracking and uh, uh, vocals and stuff right. at a different studio. Yeah. But we wanted the room sound. The room sound at Ocean, Ocean Way. Way. In Nashville is beautiful. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. But we did, we did our the funny thing is our when we first got to Nashville and we're working with the producer Malcolm Springer, we rented a storage unit to, to work on the songs on the pre-production. And <laughs> who's the guy that used to ride around on the little cart? We weren't supposed to be in there, right? With you know, a band rehearsing in a storage unit. And we had it all decorated with lights and stuff. But there was this dude that used to ride around. Porno and then lights. He used to ride around on the little scooter thing. Totally. I don't don't remember that. Yeah. I vaguely remember it. I remember there's so much beer in that studio. We were taking pictures of the ice chest. So much beer. How did you not get busted? I I don't know. I don't know. Because they had me with them. I'm I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah. They're just like, man, that's a loud storage unit. That storage unit. (laughs) I think the only reason we went to a actual studio for pre-production was it was like 120 in the damn room. Oh, shit. And uh, the producer couldn't hear anything. Is that why? Yeah. Yeah. I just went to Rats. Yeah. Studio, and then I don't know. They, they just but they put us up in money. you know nice, nice uh, apartments. You know, for the time we were there, and, <laughs> well, and catering food and and people, you know, drivers. Well, no, no, we didn't have drivers. No, we, no, we had to drive ourselves. We no, oh, we got driven. We had one car. We have one car. Yeah, we got food. We got the studio. We had all the kitchen downstairs. Yeah, it was all pimping when we got there. So anyway, yeah, we recorded in Nashville. 
So let help me understand. It's like you guys were struggling along for the I don't hate to use the word struggling. You were struggling along. You were working. You were working along for that deck for the 90s. And then here come the majors and you get signed and you're still working along. It doesn't sound like at any point it was like Hollywood, baby. No, no. Um, I mean, the situations we were in could have felt like that if we weren't feeling how empty our wallets were. Honestly, I mean, we, we would we were uh, around. Bigger bands, uh, you know, Head PE, uh, Union Underground, all they have all the stuff, and so do we. And they'd come out and say, "Why in this fucking van?" <laughs> you know, um, that's funny. And and it, we knew the reality of it. We don't didn't know why we. But I had my five bucks a day. That's all that mattered. More funding or whatnot, but it, you know, that felt like something was happening for sure. It's just we weren't feeling it in terms of any sort of support and, from money. I mean, you have to remember, we didn't have an album out yet. We didn't have product in front of people. So we were doing these tours pre the album being released. Yeah, all and the major touring was done. Yeah, yeah. And so it was just to get us out there and people get in front of people. And we thought, at least I thought, that once the album dropped, then things were going to happen. Things were going to take off after that point. Because then the album would be, you know, we'd have the single on the radio and then we'd get better, you know, bigger tours and money would start flowing in. But of course that didn't happen. Was there ever discussions like, okay, we're going to do this music video, anything like that? I- I'm just curious as to how much promotional muscle Columbia really put into it. what to do with us. Yeah, I think that, I think you're right. I think at some point, as, as odd as it sounds with, I mean, we, we show the music to people today and they say, well, that guy sounds funny that's singing. They haven't quite understood that it's not a guy and it's a, it's a girl that sounds awesome or a female that sounds awesome. Sorry, not to use incorrect pronouns or anything. Uh, but I think that at the time, it was pretty early on in that whole avenue and people didn't know really how to approach it. Were we as heavy as some of the bands? No. Were no. we as mu- musical or sing-songy as other bands? No. no. And then you throw a female on top of that and uh, they really didn't know how to fit us into any mold. Yeah, well, because I'm assuming they were like, well, let's market sexy. And- they tried. That's what they wanted. That's I remember Remember when they sent out those people to yeah. buy us clothes for a photo shoot and they wanted me to wear thigh high boots and like really skinny tops. And I remember you and Jeff coming up to me and go, do you really want to do this? Yeah, we have and I'm to like, call, call that shit. Uh, no, I don't know. This is stupid. You should just listen to the music. It's not about me having a set of tits it's about the music right <laughs> how old was everyone when the album came out oh gosh uh, it came out 2001? in 2001 i was 29 you were 29 oh my gosh mike that makes you what 30 30 yep Shit, i was 7 29 i was i was 32 maybe 30 something kings i was just talking about this with another <laughs> band <laughs> I was, we were interviewed. Are you familiar with the band Chat Pile by chance? Who? What is it? Chat Pile. They're, they're making waves, but they're, they're a very modern band that takes liberally from corn. And I was telling them, like, because they're, they're of the same sort of vein where they're like, well, we're not really new metal. And I said, you're a bunch of 30 something kings. Just 30 something. Just embrace it. Yeah. Embrace it. So I think that, I mean, I would say that the point of comparison around that era would have been like Kitty, but Kitty had such a, like, a strong, you know, fantastic musicians, classic debut, but they had like a nice gimmick, which was look how young they are. Right. And it'd be a little challenging to do the same. Plus, I think that with with in terms of like lyrical content, Kitty were sort of lashing out at the world around them and male aggressors and whatnot. Whereas with Spike 1000, the lyrics were often more like, come and get it, you know? Right. Like, exactly. I can, st- I can stand on my own. You come to yeah. me. 
Right. So I can understand why Columbia would be fucking stupid about that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they should have had me in their promo tour. I would have figured it out. I'd be like, put them on a tour with Godsmack. Let's bring them to that level because. That would have been a good band to tour with. Yeah. Thoughts, Mac. Yep. Those are yep. the kind of crowds that you'd whip ass in front of. But I digress. I digress. <laughs> um, how do we feel about the legacy of the album 21 years on? God, I still listen to it well, and I think it stands I just, up. Yeah, you know, every once in a while we, you know, have a uh, evening or something and we'll we'll listen to it. And then you kind of forget it as the years go by. Um, if you don't listen to it for five months, a year, two years, and then pull it out, it, it's never really disappointing. I'm, I, I'm never really uh, disappointed or uh, cringing over it or anything of the sort. It's, I always feel really, really heartfelt good about it. Yep. I always tell people it sounds like a greatest hits because it's just just one after the other, after the other, after the other. Because there's no songs on there where you're like, oh, it doesn't have like an all in the family moment where you're, where you're like, where you're like, well, maybe that could have been better. It's kind of all like ding, 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 ding. So, you know what the other funny thing is about the album? So when I actually, when I started my journey of bugging the fuck out of everyone to listen to it, um, <laughs> there's this, there's this new metal podcast called the POD cast and they have a Patreon where you can sign up and you can pay them for certain perks. And one of the perks was if you pay us X amount of money, you can, it was 50, I think it was $50 a month. You pay us $50 a month. You can tell us an album to review. So I sign up for that and I submit waste of skin and they're like, okay, we'll review this. Like on their calendar it was like, I think it was like six months from now. And I didn't know that you only had to pay that once. So I kept giving them 50 oh, no. every month. I think they oh, had no. like $400 for me. Cause I was just like any day now let's talk about this album. <laughs> oh boy. <Here> comes. <laughs> they're like, and they noticed that later. They're like, you didn't have to keep giving us that. Money. I was like, well, I fucking did. <laughs> they did. They finally, they finally did end up talking about the album. They were pretty nice about it. They, they mean, they liked it. They liked it. Those guys are kind of bitter. They're very jaded. They're old. They're much older than like me. I think they're like 40 something Kings. So, They've, they've definitely been around, but, you know, it was nice to get that done. And um, I'm trying to even think about like other adventure, great adventures and Holiday Kirk telling people about Spike 1000. I know, you know what? This has always meant a lot to me and will mean a lot to me until I'm in the grave, which is that Shannon was so appreciative of my efforts. She sent me two of your posters that I have framed and on my wall in and there and a promo sticker, which I have on my baritone electric guitar back here. And that means... That means a lot to me. I have people over. I have people over. I'll bring like a girl back or something and I'll be like, check out these posters, right? Singer, this new metal band. And she's like, are we going to like, no, no, no. I got to tell you about these posters. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Here, you know what? Here, you know what? I'll put some of the album on what we're talking about. It's really good. Where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> so, so this song. We're, we're menstrual rock and cock blockers now. Yeah, menstrual yeah. cock blockers. How's that? <laughs> I don't even mind that. I'll just be in the room. I'll just be like, make me suffer. She's gone. <laughs> you know what the highlight is to me? I've always, to me, I, I would, I'm curious if this is, this resonates with you guys. I mean, it was like the single, like it has like the one video that to me, the absolute standout track has always been measure me. I love that song so much. I hired someone to tab it for me. Cause I wanted to know how to play it. But you should drop, talk to this guy. Drop C sharp. Didn't know. Wouldn't right. have guessed that. <laughs> Isn't that what it's written in? Drop C sharp? Yeah. yeah. So wh what do you guys think is like the standout track at this point? Oh, off of Waste of Skin. Um, for me, my favorite is Nowhere. I agree. You? I tore up. That's how you know it's a strong fucking album too. Those are like all in the back half of the album. That was a big consequence of uh, 
new metal was that the albums would be front loaded. You'd get through those first like four tracks and then you're like, what's left that this one, you know, long play all the way through this the album's solid i mean God. the album is fantastic you know uh, sphere change is another one for me i'm just trying to think that one take me over. Doing I, like, this. I like i like playing i like li- i like listening to and playing take me over uh the baseline who's wait who's who's our new guest here this is uh, uh come on in this this is this is, this is this is half shell half oh shell. really no half shell Hi. this is Isla. hey can you yeah. sing you can sing, yeah, right? I bet you. I do. Great. Hi right back there now. too. Hi back there. Pretty <laughs> can sing it up. <laughs> we're actually we're live right now. There's three thousand people watching, so it's really nice, really nice to have you guys on. No, I'm oh, just wow. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, thank we're you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So your mother is an incredibly talented musician. Just while you're on camera, and I've spent a lot of time telling people about it, and that's why we're here today. And she so has three. Definitely awesome. Yeah, um, she's a good player. Very, very unique, and we we were kind of uh, if we go back to some of the uh, early early times, straight away when we heard her. I I don't think the band being you know uh, the early '90s and predominantly male at the time, uh, we weren't really into having a female sing. And then, but, but like within two seconds of hearing her, we, we had changed our minds. Every single person in the room just looked at each other and said, okay, yeah, we're going to just. I've always, I've always described it as uh, her voice is like Janis Joplin headlining Woodstock 99. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, no, she wrote, yeah, she wrote the book on it. it it's good. Um, we're definitely before the, the girls, the heavy girl singers stuff that came out. It's come out since then. We definitely, um, we, sh- we haven't got recognized for it, but we should. I'm working on it. Right on, brother. On. I'm I'm the Spike 1000 PR department now. I'm here. <laughs> I'm, I'm what should have been at Columbia 21 years ago. No, sure you should have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let me ask you this though: how how deep does the corn connection go? I'm sure it's one of those things that always gets a little overemphasized. But well, those are my boys. Um, Fieldy's one of my one of my best friends. Um, even to this day, like we talk all the time. Um, how is he? How is he now? He's good. He's uh, he's doing another project, still well with um. With uh, the members of one drummer POD and um, another guy singer, he's playing guitar in this cool. band. It's a three piece. He's he's happy. Uh, he just had a birthday. Um, he's not. I don't know if he's going to go back. To, I don't know what's up with Corina. You know, um, we talked about it for a while, but that's uh, you know he'll 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 tell he'll tell you know what he needs to say later on. It, but um, I don't know um, what's going on with him and Corina. I mean, I know, but you know, it's just, uh, that's his business. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. that's fine. That's but fine. Uh, but other than that, those, all those guys are my friends. Uh, me and Head used to play in a band. Um, the the actual original drummer David um, was my best friend in high school. We, we were like we played in bands together. Him and I. I got him laid in my mom's kitchen for the first time in his life. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It was like, <laughs> you know what? First thing that's happening after I get off this call, I'm adding that to his. Yeah, call. it's true. It'll yeah, be like a sex true. sentence. It'll be like it'll be like he was born here. He got laid here. That's yeah. right. Uh, here. I just found my mom's in the mom's linoleum on the kitchen kitchen floor. <laughs> Sharon, Sharon, yeah. So, um, the, I stay in contact with those guys. Um, you know, when they're when they're out and around, like in Northern California, I go see them and hang out with them. Yeah, so, I went to school with with um, James and Brian. We went to the same high school. I was yeah. older though. And I, I went to the same high school. Yeah, sure, always so. just such nice guys. Yeah, they're yeah, yeah. super nice. But at the time, so it sounds to me like the idea. I don't know if I read this, Wolf. I don't remember if this came up in your research, but they didn't like get you signed. 
No, we never, we never asked him. That. We never asked him. He heard the demo. And he, he, he heard it. Yeah, I, I got something to tell you guys funny later. Um, um, <laughs> what? Uh, we, we can talk about it now. We can talk about it. So, this is the truth. This is no bullshit. When we were making, um, before we got a record deal, we recorded some stuff, and and I was letting him listen to it. And this is before I think they hit the, the first album came out, and they were working on the Follow the Leader. No, nope, it was the next one after Follow the Leader. Life is peachy. Life is peachy. And, um, and I gave him, this is before it was out, and this is no shit. And um, he lit, I gave him the tape, the, the, it was a tape or a demo or a CD at the time. And, and not, I know, shit you not, after, after their record came out, there's a song that starts out, Sucking Spikes, identical. And I know it. I, I, I go, Phil, you, you bit my shit, didn't you? And he goes, I ain't saying nothing. And he walks away. You know, he's like, I knew he took, I knew he took the whole intro and he, he, he used it on his, I mean, they took it, but I'm not saying like, really totally it's note for note. Dude. I mean, and you're saying it's still wait. Okay. You're saying, you're not saying, Oh my God. No. Song. I, mean, I know what you're talking about. No, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You're talking it's about a bait. Totally, you're talking about a baseline, right? I'm talking about the whole intro of uh, sucking spikes of ours, our song. Yeah, I know. I know that sound. Yeah, I, think, I, I, think I fucking know. I know exactly what you're talking about. So, so Man, that sucks. <laughs> no, it, it, no, it doesn't. It's, hey, no, no. I mean, it, it only good, sucks good, because they, I wish I could name the exact song. So, how about this one? As 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 a little um, the before they had a record deal, the day that they're the the night before they're going to go in and start doing their debut record in LA, the the corn record, the 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 self titled one. Reggie Fieldy um was. Um, was driving on the freeway, uh, the two, I think it's a two ten freeway in, in LA. Was drunk and, and passed out and pulled over on the side of the road. And he and he had his his gear in his back of his truck. It's just like a couple of two fifteens in his base. And someone took him out of his truck and stole him. And he used my base, my base to do the uh, to do the first uh, base tracks. And, that. And, and that was uh, at the time was uh, the signature uh, base that he's using that he has right now to this day. Like the it's, it's a it's a um, Ibanez sound gear is the bass that he uses. He used my bass to do to do a couple of tracks, and that bass that the style of body he got a signature series made for him. He, so everybody said, "Hey, you're biting fill these uh, his bass off." But little announced that it was my bass and that he he liked it and and that he went with it after that. So I'll make sure to update his Wikipedia. No page. shit. <laughs> No, we're that's this, true. We're gonna get the fucking record straight on yeah, this. interview. So then I had to switch over bases. So I went with, from uh, Ibanez to um, Warwick, and I had to I change it up just because I didn't want to get labeled on that. Which you know that I'm biting, you know, I'm biting his base off. For what tuning thing. did you guys play in for the album? Was it all? We dropped down a half step. Uh, well, yeah, everything's uh, half step down. Yeah, half so, down and so. most of the songs are dropped C, C sharp, but some of them are standard uh, tuning from that. Yeah, it's just it's just we're dropped down a half step. Everything's yeah. dropped yeah. half step. Yeah, and then this half step lower uh, for their whole step. They one. they tuned I think a whole step I believe. Yeah, I think they're, they're not like drop A with their yeah seven strings or something. Yeah, uh, corn played A standard on seven. Yeah, it? so so that's super low. I mean, their their strings are barely hanging on. You know, because like, yeah, and they have seven strings. All right, here's a fun one. I got a challenge for you guys. What is everyone's favorite new metal album of all time? All four of you, but you can't say waste of skin. And you can't repeat an album. So if it's one of yours, the other person can't pick it. New metal album of all time. To this day, today. Uh, Man, I'm not even listening to rock and roll. I mean, heavy metal. I like a reggae band, a young band. It's called The Movement. Um, <laughs> it has nothing to do with Spike at all, but I've been with those guys for the last couple of years. I don't really take for granted that I can just name a hundred of them offhand. I know. Go ahead. I, I don't know. My favorite is Deftones Around the Fur. Oh, I fucking love that. I mean, that's, yeah, stellar, right? Doesn't barely gets better than that. That's a fucking killer. 
I've been listening to a lot of Faith No More lately. Um, I would say probably the Snot record. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. That's oh, favorite. man, I feel like you guys had the same sort of energies, that sort of go for it, go for broke type energies around the same time, yeah? Snot's record is, is fabulous. I, I, love, I love that record, oh. Snot. Yeah, the, I have to do a second one, too. The, um, Straight up. First, first head PE record. Oh, God, that's such a good album. I don't know the actual name of it off the top of my head. That, you just said it. You just said it. Head PE is an interesting band because I think they got a big advance and ended up in deep debt because they didn't sell very well. Like, I remember they got signed to Jive for uh, Broke. And I I think Jive thought Bartender was going to be a smash. Like, oh, this is going to be huge. And when it wasn't, I think Jive ended up coming back to Head PE and being like, yeah, you owe us for the bus. You owe us for the video. You owe us for the studio time. You owe us for the promo. You got to pay us for all of that. And Never quite out of that. You're it's, always in debt. Yeah, they're, they're such a debt. such a great band and such a great bunch of guys to watch. Um, Good life show, great life show. That's one of the highlights of uh, the, the one of the single off, most awesome moments I can remember on tour. Just standing right front and watching them, just kind of had the goosebumps and kind of almost shit myself a little bit. Did you guys open for? You were opening for them. Yeah, yeah we went. We toured with them for a we, minute. We were um, with. Um, it was us, Nonpoint, and Head PE at one mm-hmm. point. Oh, that's a very yeah, that's a very classic sort of tour lineup. Who else did you guys tour with? Union Underground. Um, who else? Uh, Sorry about the distraction. <laughs> Stereo Mud. Um, goodness, I'd have to look. Uh, Slaves on Dope. There's there's always the one-offs here and there. Um, nothing Face. No, we never played with Nothing Face, and we got to do a couple of Family Values dates. Um, yeah. Still need that video footage. I still need that video footage. Come on. Well, I don't have video footage of it though. I only all we have is what's on that little video, the EP video that of that has "Make Me Suffer and Measure Me" on it. I think. For, for Family Values. Yeah, we don't have any video footage. <laughs> we don't have any video footage of it. Voice of an angel. What time did Spike One K though throw in the towel? Oh gosh, um, we. 2002. Yeah, we had. No, 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 no. I think we, like we were saying earlier, we did all the touring before the album came out, and then the album came out, and it was right around the time we were doing the Family Value stuff. Mm-hmm. So we did a few shows and came home, and uh, we had kind of caught wind of it somehow. I, I can't remember just whispers um, that we were going to get dropped or whatnot. And then that was just right some point after the, the record came out. So like six months. Yeah, six yeah. months. So mm-hmm. that was 2002. Uh, almost immediately, the drummer packed up and went to another band. I, I'm not sure the name of that band. Uh, but we then started working with our friend Dan. Uh, Dan McVeigh, if he's out there listening. Yep. And then we did uh, lots of shows with him. We did a couple more songs. We were writing like crazy, mm-hmm. like for another record, if we, we could have got it. But it just kind of, everybody was in different parts of, the, you know, California. And yeah, Mike moved to Santa Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. Some of us went to Bakersfield yeah. for some time, San Francisco, Oakland, Walnut Creek. And um, it never really materialized. And, you know, the interest, I think at that point, we kind of looked at it and said, well, the interest was kind of hard to garner before. So now we're kind of, you know, the hot potato after having been dropped from a label for whatever reason anybody could extrapolate. It may be something that no one wanted to pick up again. So when you want to run up that, charge that hill a second time, you you really kind of, you know, check what kind of ammo you got. Yeah. You know, I don't know that we we had the energy at that point. We were all like crushed. Well, what I always tell people is like after Hybrid Theory comes out and does what it did, record labels were like, okay, fuck de- development deals. The the like the it was like the debut needs to go platinum or you're out. Like even even bands like Trust Company who went gold, their next album stiffed and they were out on the street. 
So I think that that was really the end of that. Because like I always say, like I always use Incubus as a point of comparison because they got signed. First release went nowhere. First album didn't do so great. Science was like didn't do great, but the record label like kept with it. Yeah. And then I think after the Chocolate Starfish Hybrid Theory era where you were doing a million first week or 15 million total, that's when labels were like, fuck it, we'll just sign everyone and drop everyone that doesn't sell. So. Right. Um, I, I think that that happened today. We wouldn't have like Bob, the Bob Dylans and, and you know, the uh, Rolling Stones and stuff. Yeah. These bands would exist if they were insistent that they sell X amount of records yeah. straight out of, out of the gate. I mean, look at our career, for example, with much of one necessarily, but some of the stuff where we're um, more acoustic, folky or whatnot, we had a chance to develop on our own for, for 10, 12 years before the record deal came a knocking. And uh, if we if we were on the world stage at the beginning, I don't know that I would have liked that. Yeah. Some of that stuff's a little bit humiliating. You know, we, we, we kept on and were able to develop on our own time. Um, and some of these people these days aren't getting that time. And I think that's kind of a bad thing in, in music. Do you have any idea what Waste of Skin did sell? Uh, last I heard, it was uh, ten or twelve thousand copies, at least by the time we were dropped. I bet Columbia didn't ship much. No. Yeah. yeah no well, you know what, guys? I ended up with one, and I'm gonna sell fifty k on my own. Damn it! I'm gonna yeah. get that. I'm gonna get that going. I'm gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna open that mail. You're gonna open that envelope from Spotify and be like, "Wow, fifteen dollars." <laughs> yeah. That motherfucker did it, man. Look at that. Look at it. I'll, I'll, I'll make a plaque and send it to you. Awesome. The, the royalty check. You got to let me know when you get $100. I mean, okay, this is a stupid ass question. I'm going to ask this question and then we're going to move on from the whole nuts and bolts money questions because this is annoying. But have you ever gotten a streaming payout? Because um, speaking personally as someone that put out his own album a year ago, my mom would, or my mom and my dad would ask me like, They'd be like, they'd be like, okay, so now you're going to be recouping through streaming, right? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think they have my address. They wouldn't. No, (laughs) that's not a no. We we see, um, you know, we're uh, registered with BMI for for some large portion of our career. And we we still see some checks there or, or money there, but it's not. It's not from streaming. It's it's from it's from a a licensing deal with King of the Hill. They play two of our songs. Really? Oh. No shit. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, what do you know? The episodes or anything? I'd love to look that up. I don't know the name of it, but it's the one where uh, someone lives behind Hank in the house and they're throwing an electric cord over and powering that house without his consent. So he keeps cutting the stereo out or the power out and it keeps dropping the stereo, which happens to be our song. Yeah. <laughs> you remember what song? I, it, you could barely hear it. I, could, I can't remember. I swear it was absent for some. No, I don't no. think it was. It was too, too heavier. Have your songs. I can't remember. Can't remember. I'm gonna have to look into that. I would love, love to, uh, to figure that out. Anyway, well, that's that's something. Uh, <laughs> hope they got you in the credits though. But um, but when they when they uh, syndicate that or it runs somewhere else or reruns, we always see a little bump in something for for that. It's kind of amazing how that works. Oh um yeah, my daughter wanted to add. Uh, what? No, I didn't. What? You wanted to add? Who's your Who's your favorite new metal band? Here. Yeah. All right, so she picked Deftones Adrenaline. But oh, Adrenaline, Adrenaline. We got some adrenaline love in the house. Yeah. Her, her other favorite one is Loathe. Real? Oh, so uh, uh, I let it in and it took everything? Yeah, yeah, that's her other favorite. 
we got a scholar back there. We got a scholar back there. I love this. We're raising her right. Raising her yep. right. These are both rock solid picks. Um, but listen, enough of this, uh, enough of this line of questioning, because it's just it's insulting to the album, which is so much better than record sales. Something else that I've I've made observations of over time listening to the record is it's like the album has a sort of um sort of a uh, nuts and bolts feminism to it where it comes to its feminist theory not through reading books but through dealing with shitty men and i'm curious as to like what kind of experiences would end up that way like does that make sense yeah it makes sense um i don't think it it lyrically um i, I don't think it came from any experiences i had with shitty men i think it came from being in a position in the world where you weren't expected to do certain things. And because I wanted to push through and do certain things, you kind of get this like weird tension in the room, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Then, um, and it, especially I remember, and, and I won't forget this when we, the first time we did a sound check, I think it was, we were on head to East tour and the guys were already up on stage and I was just milling around, just looking at the venue or whatever. And they thought I was part of, you know, the girlfriend's circle or whatever. And right. And so they didn't expect this to happen. And then I walked up on stage and I started singing and I saw the looks in their faces and I just kind of went, yeah, see, it's just that sort of energy was uh, definitely amazing. And I always wanted to have that sort of energy. But the, the lyrically where I, I came from is just because if you're a girl in this world, you're expected to be in a certain place. And I didn't want to be. And I saw it across a, a whole bunch of different, you know, when I saw different girls and going through life and it pissed me off. So I wrote about that, but it's not because of any experience I had with men in my life. I mean, man whore is definitely about a shitty man, right? <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. And I'm not going to tell you who, though. I, I, I always, it, are they in the room? Are they in the room right now? No. <laughs> she had to look. She had to look. She had to... He's like, no, they are in the bathroom. Yeah, you know what, though? I always thought that song was really like ahead of it, just in the sense of like portraying this other guy as like, sort of like an inconvenience to be moved by women's and got to like push them ahead, you know, and like kind of apologizing for their fucking their mess. But um, right. Like that's sort of the thrust of it. <laughs> right. Yep. Wow. You're spot on. Let me ask you this. I'm going to tell you what I've always thought this song to be about. And I want you to just be like, OK, no, here's what it's actually about. But to me, I always thought the song Prime was about playing like label showcases with the lyrics about being judged and sort of like, here is my prime, like I'm giving it my all and how I always imagined it would be, which is just like a crowd of industry people going like, yeah, all right, you know, whatever. So I, I'm curious though what it actually is about. That is basically you hit it straight on the head because um, I mean, the lyrics, here I am, take everything that I am. I'm giving everything that I am. So here, take it, go. What are you going to do with it? Here's my prime. So you hit it on the head. All right. I'm going to ask you this. And I, I really want this to be true. Now you sing, she sits judging me, right? That's the lyric. She sits judging me. Okay. That's about Madonna at Maverick Records. I wish, but no. Oh, come on. I want, to, no, I want that to be what that's about. I always thought is it you were like playing a showcase for Madonna and she's just. I'm sure Madonna doesn't even know we exist. So whatever. <laughs> She will. She will. <laughs> oh, my God, Madge. 
you got to hear this album. Uh, it happened, but well, this is a little granular. But why is it a she? I know, right? It's like it's like ah, but it's it's curious how so much of the album is devoted to those sort of like uh, gender and sexual power dynamics. I'm just curious how that one ended up that way, but I couldn't tell you. Nope. that's cool. I'm, I'm no, I actually don't know why. I, no, I, no, no, I, it's fine. It's fine. I'm just uh, I'm just like oh, okay, cool. I got it right. <laughs> my, my take on it always was the situation she's spoke of earlier where you know, she's seen as a band girlfriend we hit a stage or something she comes up there the other folks out of there the men they have their girls all of a sudden they are looking at her with disdain uh, if that makes any sense because now there's someone on stage that the male that they're with is interested in potentially ah uh, good point so that's uh just something that i always thought that was i didn't i never really asked I am need to find something real quick. This somebody just tagged me in this. That's why I ended up distracted right then because I just was like, "Oh my god, you guys are on a Spotify playlist." Yeah, yeah, and I have I no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I, someone had tagged me in that. I'd be like, "Did you have something to do with this?" And I was like, "No," but also, yes. <laughs> what is it? We're ta- we're on a Spotify, it's a Spotify playlist, right? Yeah, you got playlisted somewhere on Spotify, some of one of their metal playlists. And I'm trying to, I really, 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 really want to find it, but I don't think I'm going to. Ah, 2000s metal classics, 2000s metal classics, baby. I just found it. That's right. Let's talk about this. What do we got on here? We got Back to the Primitive by Soulfly. We got My World by Emma Great. Not familiar with that one. We got Redneck by Lamb of God. We got Toxicity by System of a Down. We got Sad Man's Tongue by Volbeat. We got Make Me Suffer by Spike 1000. Yeah. That's cool. Playlisted. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, man, that's so cool. We also got a song up here from Soil. We got Machine Head. That is on there. I'm going to have to look into that, too. I'm very curious about that. But hey, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, Ots, Metal Classics. That's cool. Awesome. Cool. The Spike 1000 agenda is going to be so successful this year. Alive and well. This is going to be the biggest year for you guys since. <laughs> since, since never. When? Since never. <laughs> Fucking Columbia. Since 9-11, yeah. <laughs> since 9-11. Since 9-10-2001. Oh, yeah. 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 So. Where'd he go? Yeah, where's, where's, where's he? You want me to grab him? What's he doing? He's just doing stuff. Okay. <laughs> did, we lo- did the bass player quit? <laughs> no, no, he's somewhere on the toilet. He's oh yeah, he's doing things. I can fill in. Yeah, she can fill in for now. So he's yeah. who, so he's who man whore is about. <laughs> Keep talking. He's gonna see this. Okay, you know what? No, That's I'm not cutting this speak. out. I'm not cutting this out. I'm not cutting this out. I'll, I'll try to edit it so it's a little more suggestive. But oh man. Oh man, I love this. Now I'm sure he knows. Don't be shocked. That's I love not it. true. <laughs> I'm t- I mean, there was arguments there. You were on the edge. He's a little boy. He was hiding. Oh, it, it it mostly comes from having to hump his gear all the time. He always had to move his gear. Move his gear. Well, yeah, because he's the one with the base sponsorship. So yeah. <laughs> is he coming he back? Is. is this it? Is he coming back? Okay. That's awesome. I love that though. You know what? If we're going to be wrapping this up, though, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. Waste of Skin is a classic. I will never shut up about it. They'll be they'll be lowering me into my grave and I'll be like, Waste of Skin, make sure to give it. <laughs> no, thank you, yeah, for, thank you for, for inviting us. Inviting us. Yeah. Hey, we're wrapping it up. Yeah. Wrapping it up here. And um, we'll get you the, the files for Prime, Prime and we'll get you the three song demo. 
let's do it. I need to get, we want to get, I want to get the prime. I want to get prime at least on streaming. I think that would be brilliant, but yeah, you guys made an absolute classic of the genre. I'm never going to stop fucking telling people about that. Thank you, Thank you very much. Your mom yeah. was a rock star. Your mom was a yeah. rock star. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks Thank you us, so bro. much. Thank you. Thanks, Wolf. Thanks. Take care. Yep. Absolute pleasure. Hey, this has been the New Metal Agenda. I am Holiday Kirk. I make sure to be listening to and be talking about New Metal nonstop. You let-